This episode of Bougie and Foul is recorded live. Yeah. We're committed to those that entertain, make us laugh, and make us feel. It's all for a better life. Today, it's funny man Dale Jones. Kind of creepy if you want to know Bougie and Foul is brought to you by... What do you know? Comedy Couple Tees. When you need a giggle to hide that jiggle, ComedyCoupleTees.com. It's also a huge privilege to work with Twisty Knot. That fashion accessory we all need is Twisty Knot. That's a dot com. We got Dale Jones on the other side of Crooked River Revival. It's Tats Cable. I would like to invite you to listen to Crooked River Revival. All of the artists that have been on this podcast over the last few episodes are featured on Crooked River Revival, which created Crooked River Revival in partnership with Bees Marina and Campground to focus on the stage on the Withlacoochee River in Yankeetown, Florida. The meaning, the Native American meaning of Withlacoochee means Crooked River. So that created the Crooked River Revival. We wanted to create a safe place, a safe place for the live act, making contactless entertainment for a small town crowd, as well as broadcasting back to the fans of those touring artists that perform on this stage. I hope you check out CrookedRiverRevival.com. You can also enable the Alexa app or the Alexa skill, Crooked River Revival. And then just ask your Alexa to play Crooked River Revival. Thank you for tuning in for this podcast and all things Crooked River Entertainment. We hope to see you soon at Revival. It's a pretty cool day when you can day drink and talk to somebody that's got a little bit of funny bone inside them. Dale Jones! Welcome to hey. Bougie and Val. What's shaking today Thanks. with you? It, uh, I'm, I'm day drinking too, but I'm day drinking soda, so I'm up to uh, 15. I'm, I'm trying to break my record. Well, I figure uh, you're up to 15 sodas and you still have functioning organs. I mean, do you drink my water at all? My record's 32. I, my, my right eye isn't blinking anymore, but, um, but I, or it's going so fast I can't see it. Dale Jones, <laughs> is this a true story, though? Like, do you drink that much soda? Like, really? No, being an idiot. Okay, no, please. I, I had to follow up something with day drinking. Oh, I, oh. I've, been, uh, I've been sober for, um, uh, uh, we're on day 40 or something like that. So Good for yeah. you. Yeah, and I drank at Halloween, so I can't, yeah, so I mixed it up. I did my 30 days, and my 30 days stopped around Halloween, Halloween, and then I had some drinks that night, but then after that, I started in again. I'm just, I don't have a problem. I'm just trying to uh, chill the hell out. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, I think, um, no, I'm right there with you. I was thinking of that um, yesterday. I was like, you know, you know, why do I have to drink every day? And then when I get stressed out, when I do these podcasts, I mean, I was so stressed out after the Young Fables podcast that I could barely say my last name, but it was an hour and a half podcast. So, you know, oh wow, full disclosure. 
But Dale Jones, <laughs> where are you from? Like, where did you grow up? Or like, where, where did the world start for Dale Jones? In the womb. <laughs> Listen, at least it wasn't a test tube, though. I mean, that, you know, been. yeah. Can it you imagine been. being that kid? Like, where did, where did, how did you, how did you get, get how did you get here? Oh, I'm a test tube if baby. Bubble boy, that'd be really awesome. No, I was born in um, Southern Illinois, in Ducoin, Illinois, 1970. And then uh, we ended up moving to Salem, Illinois, which was uh, Andy Griffith town then. And now I believe it's a crystal meth village. I'm not totally sure. And, um, <laughs> It, <laughs> that's awesome and then, and then uh, see, I went to high school there and everything else graduated in 88 and then um, ended up in Nashville Tennessee and that's when I started doing stand up around 1993 I started nice. January 12th yeah January 12th 93 93 in Nashville I'm trying to th- I don't think I was through there then were you um, where was your first like your first gig like what what was that like open mic night that was oh. my first gig and uh, I had three minutes, and I went up number 21 out of 21 comics or something yeah. like that. And yeah. um, I, I was the last guy. I was horrible. I, I was terrible. I uh, I said one. I thought I wrote 11 minutes, and I found out I had maybe 30 seconds. Oh. oh. And uh, I was three minutes into it. Isn't that the biggest it. disappointment in the world, though? Like, when you work your ass off, and you're like, yeah. And then you blow right through it, and like, now what? I mean, it's well, the worst honest, feeling. I got to laugh that night, and that took care of everything. I said, well, I effed that joke up, is one thing I said, and it wasn't even a joke. And that was the first laugh I ever got on stage. And man, that was just, whew, that was like the heroin rush. I was like, oh, I want some more of that. Oh, that's when and, you got the bug, man. Yeah, and I ran off stage, and I hugged a complete stranger, and I'm like, that was great. And they just stared at me like, did you not see what happened? <laughs> did you not see you only got one laugh? And I was there every Tuesday after that. I, uh, I, I was hooked, and I was horrible. I was so bad they kicked me off the open mic. They told me I couldn't come back anymore. <laughs> well, I mean. I said, I said, it's Tuesday, and it's three minutes. And you're not even, it's free. And they go, you're not funny. You can go sit in the back and watch all the shows you want until you figure this out. But you're not going up for a while. So you, I started doing you, open mics at other uh, other clubs. And then after about three months, they let me back in. Oh, well, that's cool. What did you, did you think it was your own insecurities that, that actually stopped you from letting go and, and, and actually doing well? I mean, because you had it inside you, but. You know, what did you, what did you think it was that kind of stopped that? Just ignorance? Or? I, I didn't know. You have to know who you want to be on stage or what you want to let yeah. people see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I've been the goofy nerd my whole life. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to be a cool guy. So I would go up there and lean on the mic stand and try to be like Dennis Miller. And it just didn't fit. Oh, and, you tried to change buddies, the carpet. And that shit yeah, didn't match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And yeah. uh, one of my buddies was like, you're a dork all the time. And just running around acting silly. I, he goes, I don't know who the hell you are on stage. So then I um, I switched it up. And once I switched it up, I went full time in two years. That's crazy. So, uh, so yeah, now, once I figured out just to be me and go up there and be silly, then everything started clicking. Where was your first, where was your first booking? Like, what was it? Over, over 10 people. <laughs> where was that at? Um, my first year I was doing stand up before I even went full time. Uh, I got to open for, um, what was her name? Grandmother from hell. Faye Woodruff. 
Yeah, yeah. And it was some bar gig in uh, Cookville, Tennessee, and she paid me. The booker didn't even pay me. Faye gave me twenty dollars. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yeah. What's what's the least you what's the le- uh, what's the least you, did you did you do, score that night was it did you score anything off of that that night other than a twenty rock <laughs> I I got a, a twenty rock That's I'm hilarious. just kidding I'm kidding <laughs> I got my twenty rock and yeah. I sat in the, behind a dumpster and, and yeah. I got a which <laughs> I'm just keeping you the cool kid dude That's all <laughs> yeah, I've never been the cool kid Yeah so um. Yeah, I did that. It just led to other stuff. That's all it was. I was just excited to be getting started. And, um, but yeah, that, that was all that I, that's my first year. That's what I made $20 that year. Of course, I still had a day job at the time. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I I think it's, um, I've quoted this before. Um, and you know, Joan Rivers said, as long as there's two people in the audience work, you know, you, she just wanted to work. So, I mean, I guess that's how you build, you know, build that talent and build that rapport with that microphone and learn how to yeah. read a crowd. Because you don't know who those two people are. They could be, that could be somebody. That's a, that's a real true story. Like real true story. I mean, the reason, yeah, the re- real true story. So do you, so let's back up for just a second though, but just only right before that 1993 transition with you, like when did you know, how did you, how, not when, because I guess you kind of talked about that, but how did you know that comedy was what you wanted to do, even though, why did you even start trying, you know, what was that that, that started you? Well, I was always interested in it when I was a kid. I mean, typical comic. I watched all the comics on Carson and stuff like that. And I liked uh, Looney Tunes and Abbott Costello and all that. I liked being silly. I was a class clown. I was that guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But then when I got older, I was still uh, obviously interested in it. And um, some guys I worked with said, hey, there's a comedy club in town. Why don't you go down there and try it out? So I went down there for a month and just watched. And I would go to shows and I didn't even talk to any comics. I would just go in there and just sit, be just be an audience member. And eventually, I got enough gumption and went up and tried it. That's crazy. Well, and, you know, and do you remember though? Like, cause I, cause, cause, see where I can't, you know, I have a lot of dreams. I've had big dreams, and where I can't relate with that is, you know, you you were focused on comedy, and I, you know, watched David Copperfield and wanted to be David Copperfield. Then I watched Madonna, and I wanted to be Madonna, and then. I watched um, uh, Margaret Cho, and then I want to be Margaret Cho. So, but I know where passion comes from, and you know, I know what that drive is. But did you know what it was that really kind of what was the original initiation that got you into it? Was it actually a desire within yourself, or was it the, a, a comedian that actually turned you on completely to it? That where did where did to, the to drive? Be a comedian. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Um. Well, at first, I didn't even think it was going to be a job. I just was, I was 23. I was driving yeah. a forklift, living with my parents. I broke up with this woman. I felt like a loser. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this as a hobby. Yeah. To keep my mind busy so I don't slip my throat. Oh, cool. And, yeah. And people were like, hey, do you, when do you think you'll start getting paid? And I go, I don't know, 10 years? I don't know. I mean, it really didn't dawn on me. And then everything just started clicking. Um, I really like the, the, I don't know. I know when I was a kid, I really liked watching uh, um, Steve Martin, and I liked watching. Yeah, uh, 
The yeah. Young Comedian specials. I remember the Young Comedian specials that Rodney Dangerfield did, and I saw Bob Nelson and Kennison and uh, Howie Mandel and Bobcat Goldthwait and all that, and I just thought they were extremely funny. And yeah. um, so I had that interest in my head. Yeah. But I didn't know what I wanted to be on stage. I took end up taking a writing class, and I found out I liked physical comedy. That's when I was an open micer. And then I just... Once I, I did a thing about a, an impression of a toy monkey, I would put a headband on and push my hair up, and do a toy monkey face and act like I'm smashing cymbals. And for some reason, people thought it was funny. And then everybody started calling me monkey boy. So then I realized I you were the sock the monkey. You were the living, breathing yeah. sock monkey. <laughs> Love it. So I uh, was monkey boy Jones. And then I just started repeating that. I just everything I did was physical. I, I enjoyed doing that. But then I realized I didn't have any punchlines to go with the physical part. So when I went on the road and was doing radio interviews, I didn't have any. Oh. The studio going, this is great. I wish you could see it. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's right. And Facebook so, wasn't a thing. So it's like they could go live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even think they had YouTube in 93. Back in 95. Yeah, back in 93. Yeah. It was a day and a time of no social media. <laughs> yeah, there so, was um, barely social media. Yeah, so then I liked one-liners. So yeah. I, I started writing one-liners like Rodney Dangerfield or like Stephen Wright. That that was my two inspirations there for writing one-liners. And uh, and add the one-liner, do the one-liner, and then the physical, do accentuate, accentuate it. Wow. And, that, and that's how I uh, started doing it. Well, that's cool. And then... Um, did did you did you what was the um when you traveled and you were you were working in places were you what were there a lot of comedy clubs you know like because i think comedy took a boom about 95 so was it all like bars and clubs was you know 95 96 i don't know maybe i'm talking out my butt i don't know but but it seemed like there was more clubs available. Was it always more bar work in the beginning or was it, was it comedy clubs and opening for people and that kind of stuff? I think it was both. Uh, I think if you were really good, you got to work the comedy clubs. And if you were starting out, you did the bars or some guys would mix them up and they would do the bars like on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then the club Thursday through Sunday. Um, the A rooms were still running Tuesday through Sunday back then. Oh, so there was oh. a lot of comedy club, but I was working my way up the ladder. I didn't, I would MC in a room, but I would feature a bar gig. Right. Yeah. So um, I had to build up my time and stuff like that before I could do anything substantial time at a a room. Nice. The road people, I you know, one thing I harp on is because you know, like I mentioned before, I've done a lot of things, so I know what goes into it. You know, each little thing. You know, if I'd put probably ten thousand more percent into it, it would probably work or not get sidetracked i don't think people realize what it how hard it is to to build a brand or to build your style so that people follow you and like you and the only way that you know you make real money is to establish that rapport with fans and it's just really hard do you do you think that the fan is more fickle now than than maybe back when you first started or you, you know like you think the way social media and who we are as far as fans we as fans do you think we're we are more fickle now as as fans, what do you, I, I think so. So that's why I'm, I think there's more. Uh, I don't know if fickle's the right word. No, I mean I know there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of options, you know. So you have more competition that way. But on the other hand, um, 
back then they would just say, you know, you had an email list and that's all you had as far as a connection. So you try to, you know, send out a once a month, send an email blast and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Da, 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 da. And then most times you're not doing anything. So that was kind of boring. Like, Hey, today I went to the movie. (laughs) See you next month. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I think people are more connected now. I mean, because, uh, so, I mean, I can get mess- messenger, I can get people send me stuff all the time and just go, hey, how's it going? And when are you coming back and stuff like that. So I oh, think people cool. feel more connected in, in that way. Yeah. So uh, it's good and bad. Sometimes I got to turn the phone off because I'm just, you know, but then I, on the other hand, I'm like, no, that's a blessing. People actually are still interested in talking to me. So that's cool. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what I'm saying. That's the scary part. It's building it up and then, you know, who's interested People are interested in you. Like, when did you, and that was a horrible segue, but yes, people are interested in you. You're, one reason we're not live right now is because you actually, you got work coming. Can you talk about the work? No. Of Can course. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk. Because of the pandemic, stuff has got shut down a lot. And uh, so I wasn't working very much this month at all. And I got uh, somebody, uh, I don't know who canceled, but the club contacted and said, hey, um, we need a list of comics to see who we want to work this week. We may have a cancellation. And I threw in my name in the hat, and I said, I'll also do windows and take out the trash, and, I, yeah. and I'll mow. I'll vacuum while I'm back. there. Yeah. yeah, they came back and said, well, if you'll do windows, we'll bring in. So I'm going to go to <laughs> Do you have to bring your own Windex? I think I will. I think I'm just going to buy bottles of Windex and get me a little belt and just walk in there with a squeegee and go, I'm ready. Let's do this. Well, you go in there um, with some hand sanitizer, you probably the, you'd have people follow you in. Right. Yeah. I'll give me a jug, a keg of, man, of hand sanitizer, and I'll wear a mask. Yeah. You got to be awesome. So I'm yeah. going to Myrtle Beach to the uh, Comedy Cabana in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I'll be there this Thursday through Saturday. Thursday through Saturday. And that is the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st of November 2020. Um, I just... You know, because we have a lot of people that will be listening months down the road. I just don't want them to go out and find you. This oh, they still they still go a year from now. That would be funny. <laughs> it won't be <laughs> it won't be Dale Jones. But hey, go ahead, go ahead. Comedy live, like and you know, listen, Dale. I've um, I hope um, you you know I, I love supporting the live show. Like you know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is for the entertainers and you know my ego a whole lot. And, you know, the rest of it's, you know, for you guys, because, you know, I just, I get it and I support it and I, I try to get it behind it as much as possible. And congratulations on the, on the, on the, on the booking. But, you know, I was like, oh God, you can't be on the show. Oh, what? I didn't roll a wrench in the works, but I was like, I, I can, I can do this. I, I need, I need to keep the lights on. Yeah, no, right. No, I, no, 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 no. I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm saying, yeah, let's do it. But, you know, that's the only thing I was like, what? So just, let's talk about before the pandemic, um, you were doing, you were working a lot. Um, your, what was your show like? What was, um, what was, what was your current show? If people haven't seen you, what were some of the, some, what was some of the bit like? You know, I had to tell your jokes, but what was what's your style? Where what what were, what stories were you telling before the pandemic, or what story are you gonna? Don't give away what you're doing this week, but you know, you understand what I mean. What what's your what right. is your where's your current? Well, well, my style is like I said, it's physical and it's one liners, and um, and then there's some story bits. Like I, I dislocated my kneecap uh, on stage one time, and um, I wrote a bit about that. 
and then what it was like traveling on the road and on crutches. And um, let's see, what else am I doing? Oh, now I'm doing these history jokes where I compare myself to figures in history. And, of course, they did something amazing and I did something stupid. And uh, <laughs> and then I talk about uh, and that's just little bits. Just brown brand brand development yeah. right there, buddy. That's it. Yeah, just out of nowhere, I'll be doing a bit, and then I'll just stop and go. Here's the main difference between me and Francis Scott Key, you know. And then I'll I'll just do the thing. So um, uh, then I talk about spending 15 weeks at home with my wife over the pandemic. And I'll, I'll just end up screaming 15 weeks throughout the show because it just stresses me out. And so, it's basically just a show that's ridiculous. And you're not going to learn anything, but you are going to have a good time and forget about whatever's going on in your world. And that's that's my whole uh, that's my whole goal. That's what I, think, I enjoy doing. Yeah, no, I think we all need it because, you know, we all got different things going on. 2020 is a mixed bag. And, you know, some people are happy, some people are sad, some people are both. And, you know, just, you know, even being in Florida and, and, and even just, I went to a, I went to a songwriters festival last weekend and it was just, okay. you know, I, you know, I was around people. I was like, what? Um, so, and, and it was good to, everybody's sentiment was, it's just kind of good to see a little normal, you know, see a little live show and some music. Yeah. And, you know, they're wide open, aren't they? It's Florida at a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. And the odd wow. thing, yeah. And it was odd. Can I tell you, going from the Florida side to the Alabama side, it was much different because uh, we were at Florabama. So um, when you're, you know, we were right there. We stayed in Orange Beach in Alabama, and we were going to Florabama for the festival. And it was, you know, all mask in Alabama, and it was um, optional in Florida. And you know what the option was. Right, so, right, exactly. yeah, and and you know the songwriters were kind of concerned. You know, the, we lost John Condroni um, there in uh, East Tennessee. Um, he was a songwriter that very well known songwriter, and you know lost him to COVID. And he was doing the live shows, and the, even talking to some entertainers like yourself. You know, back just even a few weeks ago, saying, you know, I want to do live shows and I'm being invited to do live shows, but I don't necessarily know that I want to be. I don't want it to trace back to me and my brand that people caught COVID at my show. So no, I totally get that, and and and, uh, and the reason I am even going is because um, I need money. I mean, and you know, and when I and when I go, it's yeah, I'm scared. I, I got to be honest, and it's always in my head going, okay, is this the one? Is yeah. this the one where I get it? Yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, and then do I bring it home to my family? I mean, my mother lives with me. She's going to be seventy-seven. I don't want to get her sick, you no. know. So I'm kind of putting a lotion on my hands and I'm wearing a mask. I even sell masks after my show, so then I'm wearing a mask that advertises the masks that I'm selling, so that way I don't catch any grief if I'm in a state where they don't approve of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I've been through that where people just decide they want to give me their dissertation on why masks don't work. And I'm like, that you, you know, I'm a big advocate of uh, you do you and I'll do me and, and, and just whatever. I don't care. Just do your thing. You know, yeah, um, I, it's, uh, so I've had people give me the whole dissertation, you know, and I go, well, if you're, you know, if you really don't believe in them, why are you standing, you know, 50 feet away from me and screaming? In the and screaming at me like a banshee, <laughs> you heifer. But you know, all in all, <laughs> yeah. the flu. I was like, okay, well, why don't you step ten feet closer? I gotta go. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just odd. I mean, you know, and that's why I love doing what I'm doing. I may only, I mean, seriously, what you just, what you experienced last weekend and, and what you do for a living is why I'm doing what I'm doing because, you know, it's a brain break for me. And and I love just losing myself in conversations with you guys. And I'm sorry that I may be the first man to ever say I lost myself in you, but... <laughs> No, but I, I just, lot, but I, I just, like, I just, uh, Dale, yeah, I, you lost me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I would. I, I just outed. I mean, it, probably nobody else would have caught what I said until I said something. So I'm sorry, but, nope. but you know, I like, you know, I like telling your story. I want to find out about you. I want to know more about you, just so I don't have to think about all this crap that's going on. And and what I'm doing is bringing something to, for people to forget about crap. So let's talk about something besides crap. How about that? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> now, you you know um, you're. I want to talk about. I, you know, this is about you, but let's talk for a second. You, you, your wife is as well a professional comedian, and and before the pandemic, she she was doing a lot of. Um, she said she was doing a lot of cruise work, so she's definitely affected. Do you think that? And so now you're saying you're going back to work. Do you think the shuffle for you guys as comedian, I'm asking collectively because I don't want you to, I'm not knocking your career. I I, I dogged you on her podcast because, you know, <laughs> she's hot, <laughs> but you, I, I, I <laughs> couldn't help it. You know, I had to throw you under the bus a little bit, but um, do you think the shuffle is going to be different when you come back full force whenever that is is the shuffle in, in your in the comedy profession going to be different? Uh, they, yeah, it's definitely going to be different. I, they got to figure out something for ships. They're going to have to figure out the vaccine before ships even start again. I think I've talked to a lot of other comedians about that. They're not going to take a bunch of Americans and dump them off in a different country and go, "All right, have fun." Yeah, enjoy yourself. <laughs> enjoy yourself. Yeah, gonna, everybody's going to have to have you know some kind of shot or you know what i mean and um but and Dale, even comedy clubs are going to be the norm from now on i Sorry. think a lot some people won't wear them and a lot of yeah. people some people will yeah so i don't think that's ever going to go away um yeah. but, but, but uh, comedy clubs in general are smaller than say live music venues or uh, well it depends on what market you're in but and the seating is sometimes more compact like the shuffle is going to be real because you know the attendance is is going to be shuffled. You, I mean, it, it, the attendance is going to be low for probably another uh, year, I would think, until people are um, feel safe again. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's the right word, but until people, you know, if they have a vaccine or something, and then people can go, oh, okay, yeah, we'll be fine. Then. Then it'll come back. But yeah, you're right. I mean, comedy clubs, typical club is 250 to 400 people and they've got them crammed in there like sardines because, mm -hmm. you know, the closer you are together, laughter's contagious. That's exactly what you want. No, Conference. it's a true story. Wait, cram them all together, you know. So um, for a while, there may be more. A lot of people are doing a lot of drive in comedy shows. I've done a couple of those and uh, they're strange, but they get the job done. But um, <laughs> the but I'm hoping the check clears. I'm hoping they get back to the clubs. Yeah, I'm hoping it gets back. That it's going to be. It's going to take a while. You know, I mean, there's a lot of clubs that are at fifty percent right now, and they're yeah. getting eight people showing up because they're like, screw that. I don't care if it's at fifty percent. I don't want to get sick. 
Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So, are you going to change the way, are you, is your, is your style going to be affected by the changes that we just talked about? Is your, is your style, do you think your style, because you doing, and I'm not being derogatory when I say doing goofy comedy. Um, when you're doing goofy comedy, it really, you, I'm a, I'm a wow factor guy, so I can kind of relate just a little bit because around campfires, I'm equally as funny as you when I'm drunk. So, you, you know, is that style going to be affected if the crowds are smaller or if if they're thinking about different things? You said earlier, you know, making fun of um, hanging out with your wife during the quarantine, but, you, you know, and you guys are used to being separated all the time because you guys were right. traveling so much. Now you got to really like each other. So do you think that the... Do you, do you think your style's got? I may have a chance. Wait, I'm calling your wife. You guys have been together too long. <laughs> calling your wife. Now, do you think that? Do you think Dale Dale Jones, the comedian, is going to have to change based on what's coming down the pipeline in in his industry? I think uh, as a comedian, you uh, you're always growing and you're always changing and you're always evolving and and you can still. I, I talk about a. Uh, how people are fighting nonstop and um, on, on Facebook and, and my bit is, you know, and all you need guys need to quit screaming all the time, which is exactly, which is a serious thing. But then I switch it to be something goofy at the end. So it still comes across goofy and it starts off serious. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally Uh, get it. So what, so what I'm saying is you're you're always uh, evolving. So, yeah, things are going to change from this with me, but I think I'm still at my core. I'm still going to be, you know, likable and, and, and goofy and stuff like that and probably a little bit clueless. Uh, well, and, uh, you kind of an- answered that like I said your career was over or something. No, I get it, man. No, People no, no, are still- no, no. <laughs> It wouldn't even matter if this happened. If this, you know, my my act changed when I got married. My act changed from my first marriage. My act changed. My act changed when I became a a, a, a divorcee, and so, then it changed again when I was single, and then it changed again when I met Jody, and then it changed again when I adopted her sons. I mean, and then it's going to change from COVID. I mean, it's just constantly because you know, I'm trying to write stuff about my my life or different ideas or something. You know? So you're just like every comedian. Life events affect you and that's what you write about. That's the stories you tell and that's what make people laugh. Yeah, I, I do it with life events and then I also do it with what's, you know, in my head. Like, you know, I watched a video on how to be a pickpocket and I still can't find my wallet. So I still got that <laughs> stuff going through my head. <laughs> so, still the insanity around, you know, Stuff. I wake up in the morning and I go, why in the hell did you think about that? Like last night I had a dream this guy was wearing a scarf and then all of a sudden the scarf turned into a snake and it started biting the guy in the face. Okay, but wait a minute. Before we started this thing, you made fun of me and you're dreaming about (laughs) scars being turned to snake and you're worried about what I thought? This is the dream I had last night. This snake is just going to town on this dude's head, right? Well, (laughs) apparently it doesn't bother him. So he's a comedian. I don't know who he is. Yeah. I'm next. I have to go on stage next. This is all going to, This is, this is everything to be said about Thursday night for you, man. If there's a scarf in the audience, you need to do some Hail Marys. So this scarf snake is biting this dude on the head, and then uh, he goes out, and there's 200 uh-uh. people in the crowd, and he goes, well, this snake is very volatile, so I'm going to have to spray the... Uh, 
the 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 venom out of this snake on everybody, so it won't attack nobody. The so snake is COVID. Yeah, so he's spraying the damn everybody in the audience with the thing. I never thought about that. Maybe it is COVID. So he sprays uh, the venom on everybody in the audience, and then he goes, okay, everybody's safe now. So then we take a 15-minute break, and then for some reason they start introducing me, and I'm not wearing a shirt or shoes. That's that's the mask! So then I have to go on stage, and I'm getting dressed, and then all of a sudden there's people sitting around me, and I'm in the middle of an improv group. Dale, it's the MC. It was this podcast, and it was me being an MC, and it's where you're going on Thursday. Don't use the same mic as the MC. This is a sign. (laughs) I always go on stage with a squirt bottle anyway, and I squirt down the mic and the stand and everything because I think it's – actually, I do it to be safe, but I think it's funny also. Take two um, this time. Take two squirt bottles. take, Take two. Okay, I will. Yeah. And be like a gunslinger. Just walk up and <laughs> spin them. And, okay. I'll I dare that. you to go out hanging them in your pocket, like guns. I, I can do that. I'll, yeah. I'll do that. And That's you can not, be pistol, pa- you, pistol packing Papa. <laughs> pistol packing Windex? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pistol packing sa- sanitaries. <laughs> That'd be cool. I like it. Oh, God. Dale Jones, you're a funny man. Um, and I do have to tell you, you know, if I can... Um, I could, if I could quote Jones <clears throat> on your wife, um, I, I, I returned the favor, buddy. Um, I, I when you sent over things for me to do that fabulous promo that I did for you, you know the women are equally as excited about you as um, as I am about your wife. And I just, you know, I was like, oh, whatever, he's silly. <laughs> <laughs> do the do the women the where's your office at? Is it at Lens Crafters? Can they yeah, see? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Of, is it's actually in the Walmart Vision on? Center. It's in the Walmart okay. Vision Center, not even Lens Crafters. Because Jody has uh, uh, two glass eyes. That's the reason her and I hit it off so well. You know, she told her- me that. I remembered that, and I forgot about that. And I mean, but she can hear, right? She She's can hear. A, yeah. Well, yeah. I I think you have a good voice. So you know, the glass eyes. You know, she can't see. You know how goofy you look, but you, right. should, you know right. that voice. You know she probably likes it a little bit. It, it, she probably does. Yeah, she probably does. I think she's going to keep me. She should. <laughs> she kind of said the same thing about you, if I remember correctly. Did she? Yeah, she I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. I thought at well, least I had a road buddy coming up, but nope. Well, if you can beat my life insurance policy, I'm sure she'll jump teams. I, I don't think. I think that's the main reason sticking around. Is the pop? Is so. that well? Is she, are, I mean, are you paying for that policy? Because it sounds like a pretty good deal to me. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good deal to me. Uh, Dale Jones, how can people find you? Um, I know probably a lot of people that's listening are fans with you already, but occasionally and time to time, I bring a few players, new players to the field and um, they want to find out more information and uh, that kind cool. of thing. Yeah. Uh, the website is Dale Jones Comic. Dot com. Make sure you do DaleJonesComic.com because DaleJones.com is a one-armed juggler out of St. Louis. Oh, but uh, tell him, hi, when y'all screw up and put in the wrong URL, <laughs> just tell him, Dale, uh, Dale Jones, uh, com- comedian, and uh, oh, Bougie and Foul said, what's up, babe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll just... So DaleJonesComic.com is the website, and uh, Instagram is DaleJonesComic. Um, 
I got it. Uh, Facebook is Dale Jones Comic. I think everything's Dale Jones Comic. Dale Facebook. Jones Comic. Pretty good to, pretty good to have Instagram the same that, short yeah. code. Well, and we do the We're the Joneses every week, and we put that on Facebook and um, Instagram. I don't know if Jody talked about that or not, where we do three-minute clips, and we, we she edits it all, all together. I'm just the monkey. She says, run out there and dance, and she films this, and then, you know. And uh, it's basically our lives, and we drop that every week, uh, We're the Joneses, yeah. on uh, Facebook and Instagram, trying to get something. The, the idea is to get something going with uh, both of us, and then we could go and do theaters together. Okay, well, listen, so, I'm going to put you on the i'm gonna throw that proverbial red carpet i mean that not the red carpet that shit stained carpet or whatever you're on the i put you on the carpet you know you guys you know we we're plugging crooked river revival radio right here and i mean we'll put the joneses on crook if you guys want to throw together a a show on crooked river revival and you know we're trying to get you guys come down here on the stage so we just got to work all that out but you know we can always we can always have you guys on crooked river revival so you know, if you want to produce something, you know, this is kind of your verbal agreement. It's a done deal. Let's just work it out because you guys are funny. Okay. You're funny. Well, thank you. We'll talk to Jody because she's the brains of the outfit. No, you mean boss? Boss, brain, whatever you're going to call it. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, know you know, the three things everybody wants is the boss, the brains, and the boobs, and she's got them. Right. Yeah. All I do is I, uh, she does all the work and then I knock on the door and dress like a plumber and say, oh, here you're having problems with your pipes. Yeah, that's not true, Dale. You guys are, um, you guys are, you, you, you're, you, 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 you do, you work hard. Um, you've worked hard and it's put you guys where you are now. And um, congratulations on um, your career so far. I know you're going to go far, continue to go far. And um, I, I mean, you guys exceptionally funny and 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 solid to your brand. And I'm very appreciative of you coming by telling your story today. Have I left in, anything out? Do we need to revisit something? Is there a problem? Do we need to fix it before we clear this out so so that I, we don't have any maintenance after after we hit hit the re- unrecorded button? Did I screw up? Is what I'm asking. Dave. No. At this time, I would like to tell everybody, talk to everybody about uh, timeshares. <laughs> oh i hope it never gets so bad that 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 you have to say that (laughs) the wonderful world of amway come with me let's go sit in a room for four hours that's not funny because the reason this podcast started is because i was selling herbalife and i just wanted to talk crap and get to know I me mean, talk about some of the people from my life so listen this whole damn thing started as a timeshare presentation <laughs> we all gotta start somewhere brother we all gotta start. i was driving a forklift and i was like i don't want to do this anymore so yeah we all gotta start somewhere we all gotta start somewhere dale jones i'm glad you started somewhere you're well, you, you're, you're pretty funny and i hope you catch dale at a future show coming up somewhere near you i'm sure I am sure. I am sure. Dale Jones, thanks for stopping by, and thank you for getting bougie and foul. Thanks for having me, bro.